and welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train Jared Freed coming to you live from uh, South Florida. That's right. Uh, every t- Monday and Thursday with your emails, your stories, your questions coming to you from the, the parents' lair in South Florida. Hanging with you, taping on the road. I'm out there. I'm doing it. I'm trying. We're a podcast of triers. We're going to try and try respectfully. So I'm back on the road. I'm going to be coming to you live the next few weeks. I'm coming to Worcester. I'm coming to Royersford, Pennsylvania. I'm coming to where else am I going? I'm coming to Kansas City, Missouri. I'm coming to what am I doing? I'm coming to there's that's what I'm doing. Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh. So Raleigh in Kansas City, if you're out there, Royersford, Pennsylvania, Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm out there. We got the podcast. We got the YouTube. Go subscribe on YouTube. Uh, go get involved with everything we're doing. Patreon people. I'm doing three extra podcasts a week. That's right. For five bucks a month, you get three extra podcasts a week. That is. That evens out to 12 extra podcasts of me tickling the twine in your ear. So if you're looking for, and they're mini-sodes, let me just tell you this. They're minis. They're little, 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 little something to get you by. Some are 10 minutes. Some are 20 Nothing goes longer than a half hour, but I'm doing Luxury Lounge on Wednesdays. I complain about the luxuries in life. Uh, Friday, I do one more email. That has become a fan favorite of the Patreon people. I do a longer email that we wouldn't have gotten to on this show. And then Sunday, I do Coffee with J-Train. That's my personal favorite. Cleaning out the the mental inbox. I'm just answer. I'm just going through the notes from the week. I, I, it's been called by me, my sad little diary. It's just me kind of going on and on about what's going on during the week. And right now, some people really are enjoying the mental dumps, so to speak. So get on patreon.com slash Jared Freed. Also, I'm putting out the videos every day. I'm putting out videos uh, on Instagram, tag a friend. That's all you got to do. That counts as payment for this free podcast. Well, it's not free. It's not free. Let's get that straight. This podcast costs you some, some, some currency. I don't know, and and that could come in the form of sharing with a friend, a coworker, a brother, a sister, a mama, a papa. It could be tagging a bitch, tag a bitch, tag a bitch. It could be just literally supporting the sponsors that are giving you free money for that for you to use their wares. It all works. So this podcast costs you a little dough. That dough, it it, it ain't just dough. It could be in the in the will of 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 you, the listener. So very excited today's guest. Returning to the show, an OKP, original key player. Great to have him back. Hilarious comic. He is going to be in Philadelphia this weekend. That's right. He's going to be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania this weekend doing shows at the Punchline. If you were there to see me, you'll love Phil Hanley. Phil Hanley, thank you for coming on. J-Train, I'm excited, man. I'm pumped. It's so good to have you. You're back on the road uh, with me. A, bro- yeah. a stand-up brother in arms. How have you been? How have you been handling the, the, the situation? This is kind of how we start every show now. Uh, it's been good. It's been a little. Into- I'm like, uh, yeah, I have a you know a small, typical Manhattan apartment, so it's been tight, and I've been here right through. Man, I haven't left seven months. Hardcore. You haven't. Mu- I, I've been. I mean, have you traveled at all? Have you gotten yeah. nothing? <laughs> JJ, I have been as far as the West Village. I live in the East Village. I've been That's to the it. West. I've been twenty minutes walking from my house. It, yeah, it's it, you know I did a little bit of traveling. I've gone back on the road earlier than you are starting to, and you're going to be at the Philly Punchline October eighth through tenth. So go get those tickets. Go go go. I'll have Phil's Instagram all over my profile at Phil Amazon Mary Hanley. Go 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 <laughs> go. Follow. Go get involved. I have. I mean that is. There's become this kind of thing where people are like, did you stay or yeah. did you go? And it's like, I stayed, but I didn't like, it wasn't like me like raising the right fist like us New Yorkers that battled through. It's become like a religion for certain people. Oh, totally. And I would, I mean, um, I was scared because my, you know, my instinct is to go home from Canada. So I would go see, mm. I was just worried that, I can get into Canada, but I was scared they were going to change something with the borders or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I'm on the road now, and then I'm going to go 
I'm going to go visit my family at some point. But it's also hard because you got to go like fly all the way to see my family in Vancouver, but then I have to like quarantine for two weeks. So then the sure. trip has to be at least a month to justify the. So I got to ask, as a Canadian living abroad, yeah. as some. How, do you hear from our Canadians going, what's going on over there? Are they ultra interested? Do you have a, is your perspective on this? Like, I, I, do you feel like you're in your, you know, you're staying at a friend's house while their parents are fighting upstairs? Is there a little bit of that? No, that's exactly, uh, that's exactly it. It does. It feels like you're over for dinner at your friend's house and the parents are fighting and yeah. And that's, but I mean, I'm so torn because I, you know, I've lived in the states for a, you know quite a while now. All my friends are American. Mm. So, in if you're in another country, Canadians are like, you know, what the hell's going on there? You know, some can be quite critical. And I'm Canadian, but then I'm also like, I'm also kind of American. You know what I mean? This yeah. is where I live. I love it here. Uh, it's you know, the transition. Are you a citizen period. now? Uh, I'm a green card, so I'm I'm eligible for citizenship. See, but, that's. Uh, that's the thing where it's like you also don't want like and not to be like this guy, but it's like there is an element of like, dude, like when I hear people that like live in America that are from Canada and they're like, oh, it's a shit show. It's like, OK, quiet down about my family a little yeah. bit. It's, you know, like I, exactly- I, I would feel that way no matter where I was from, not just like my that's not me being like Joe USA. No. And it, for me, I mean, dude, I wanted to move here since I was a kid. It's it's hard to do. And yeah, so I feel defense. I mean, I can see, yeah, the situation is not ideal, but mm-hmm. I, I still feel really defensive when I'm talking to my Canadian friends, if they're critical, because I'm just like, well, you know, you kind of criticizing me and, yeah. you know, my favorite people, you know? Yeah, I. Uh, it, it's an interesting, like, bodily reaction because no one, and we live in the age where bodily reactions get you know, get yelled at and you get called a certain thing for reacting, for salivating when you smell a steak. Like, you you have to apologize for that. But, like, I had a guy who messages me. He's a comic that lives in China, and he messages me on Facebook every now and again. And there's a piece of me when he messages me being like, yeah, man, the shows are back. He, He once wrote to me, he's like, I guess I'm one of the only comics working in the world right now. Like, cause they were already ahead of it. And I was like, I just want to be like, shut the fuck up, asshole. Yeah, really. Like, dude, you're living there. You ran away. Get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. I was like, actually like, and, and I'm sitting at home in my fucking slip slips, you know, waiting for stand up to come back. And, and yeah. there's like a piece of me cause he's American. And this isn't like a, you know, this isn't a Chinese citizen. This yeah, is an American. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So that gets, it, it's, it's weird how that makes you like, like straight into like, ah, it, like drape yourself in the flag. You're like, you're fucking, you know, Joe, you, Joe America. Especially now, especially when things are bad because you feel for everybody. You know what I mean? Yes, I feel yes. for everybody. I feel for people that can't afford the rent. I feel for people obviously that are getting sick and, um, so I was really hesitant what the right thing to do was. And then, uh, cause I'd never, I mean, I've been doing stand up for what, 16 years or something. Mm. And I've never taken, you know, I've taken a month off once cause I was filming something. So this sure. is just so much time. And it got to the point where I stopped kind of thinking, Oh, that's a bit or walking around. I was like, okay, this is getting bad. So dude, I, I the, 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 the thinking like a stand up thing becomes very hard because yeah. You and I both know, we've both spoken to people who have, I'm sure you've gotten this before, where someone goes, hey man, I want to try stand-up. I want to do stand-up. And then they go, but I want to wait until I've written my first five minutes. And you go, well, you don't know how it works at all. Like you have to do stand-up. You have to go on stage. And then there's a point where like, we're not allowed to go on stage and you start going, oh, that could be a bit. And then you're like, you almost get too confident in the things that you haven't even tried out yet. Yeah, it's, yeah, you think you have all this new material. But I, I stopped, like, just, you know, thinking of stuff. And I watched I, – I was getting to the point where I was watching r- episodes of Shark Tank that I'd already seen. Mm. And I was like, this is bad. I got to go and do a spot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when yeah. you know, oh, Mr. Wonderful won this one. You yeah. know. <laughs> you bad. know who gave the deal, who got the yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I had a moment – just with stand-up stuff when we were like when there was no shows at all um i called my girlfriend got a bug bite and i called the bug larry bugstein 
and she laughed and I was like, maybe Larry Bugstein's a bit. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Jared? Like, this is not yeah. like you're not even thinking right anymore. I had moments like that. So I've been by myself and uh, my girlfriend had come to stay like she stayed for two months at one point, And then she was just where is she from? She's uh, from Ohio, lives in L.A., left L.A. when, you know, she uh, works in television. So everything started shutting down. So she went home mm-hmm. and now she's just about to go back to L.A. But um, I, I you're right. I had moments like that where it would be like, excuse me, I wouldn't even get like a big pop. She'd smirk at something I'd say. And I'd be like, that's it. You know, Larry <laughs> Bugsbeen, whatever. Larry, Larry Bugsbeen. That's the name yeah. of the special. I got the, I got the merch. I got the closing that's joke. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Bugsbeen. Yeah. Cause you do, you lose, you lose. Yeah. You just lose. Cause especially in New York, you're, we're up every single night, multiple times a night. Yeah. And you get in the place where you don't even know you, you know, you write on your way back. Like I'm a 20 minute walk from the cellar. So I walk home mm-hmm. and I write and I walk too. Cause you're just in the zone or whatever. And, uh, you lose all that. You just completely lose. Yeah. That. And you, have, you have to kind of create a new workflow. Like there is yeah. such a, like, like there's a workflow for every office. It, it, you know, when we start a project, it goes through this person, goes through this person and up the line to the manager and the CEO approves. And now you have it off and you make money off of it. Yeah. Standups have a workflow and that is totally interrupt. If you were a person and most and every person, part of their workflow was getting on stage. Joe, I, would, I, could, I thought of it as if you were a musician and there's no instruments and you're trying to like write some song, you're just like that's where the drum's going to be. And I can picture the guitar there, but you have no idea what's going to sound or how are you going to? Well, listen, Phil, you're an awesome comic. Hilarious. I think everyone will have a great time. If you're in Philadelphia this weekend, October 8th through 10th, go to the Philly punchline, go follow Phil on Instagram. If you don't already at Phil M as a Mary Hanley at (laughs) Phil M as in Mary Hanley, go follow, go support. I want to jump right into this email because it's right on the top. You are a pro in this topic because I, I, I know you as a guy who has been in love situations where the living situation is always up in the air. I feel like you yes. get in this situation a lot. I, yeah, I am, a, I am a romantic where it's like where no matter what, uh, and I'm not proud of this, but just the, like reality and what's likely to happen completely goes out the window. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I'm completely in love with her. And she lives in uh, Thailand. And yeah. uh, we're going to make, you know what I mean? Always. It's it's always when I get a new relationship and I can tell because I go to the comedy cellar and I talk to people like you. You're one of the only people who you actually have good relationship advice and good. But that's <laughs> rare for a co- You know what I mean? So well, I, I think like a lot of comics first thing. And I always say this to people who come on the show is their first thing is to make fun of it, which that's what we do. We're going to yeah. make fun of it. If it's if there's something, if there's a little mess up in the stitching, we're going to just make fun of the misstitching. Yeah. And if you're coming to people being like, I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love. And then you're yeah. like, and she lives in Cambodia. And we're yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. but with this podcast, and I say this to people before they come on, and I've said it to you before. I'm like, listen, the, the people writing in do want advice. If they're asking the question, they we can make fun of them. We can make fun of it, the situation. But... When someone asks you a question, they want an answer, and I think Absolutely. sometimes, at, I think sometimes at the seller, it's like, "Oh, look at this! Uh, someone's got a question. That means something fucked up. Let's make fun." You know? Yeah. And I'm. I guess what it is. I'm, I, I don't know if I'm a romantic. I'm just not. I should be more. From all the experiences that I've had, and I've shared a lot of the miserable relationship experiences I've had with you, <laughs> there, I should be more jaded. Is that's what it is? Well, I that's still- that's what makes you cute. Because that, that's, what, that's what makes you get into these situations is that's that true. you're – I'm sure the type of woman you're getting involved with, it, it, it's a part of that match. Like that you are hopeful and wide-eyed and optimistic and not really sitting there being like, oh, somebody – you know, like just at everything they do. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Let's do this one. It's called okay. I'm Not Clingy, You're Clingy. Hello, Jared and guest. A socially distanced and sanitized feather to you both. 
basically, I started talking to this guy who lived in a different state than me while we were all in super quarantine mode. He would eat, he would essentially FaceTime me every day just to chat. One things, once things loosened up, he came to visit me four hours away. It was great. And the following week, I drove to him and stayed a week. He then announced that he would be moving to my very city and asked me for tips, good neighborhoods, proximity to my place when looking for apartments. When he finally came to look for a place, he invited me to look with him. He moves in, the fo- and the following week, he invites me on a 14-hour road trip. I go. It was great, besides a minor argument over the fact that I didn't see a speed bump in the road, and he has a nice car and was pissed. Last week, he completely ghosted me for two days, which really freaked me out because he usually talks to me once a day if we're not together. The following day, he calls me to tell me that I've been too clingy from the start and I'm suffocating him and dramatic and annoying. I had texted him only once and called him only once as to spe- specifically avoid being clingy. Anyways, it's been a week since I've been text. I even even texted him, but he sent me memes on IG and will send me TikToks. While drunk and not drunk, he's mentioned that he wants to marry me and wants to have children with me and how I'm a great girlfriend. What do you think is happening here? Phil, do you have any thoughts? Wow, that uh, there's a lot of um, it's like if you ask someone like what way someone went and they go like it went like this way and like the car. Yeah. There's all yeah. over the place. It's all over the place. First off, when she said she wasn't being clingy, she was deliberately not being clingy. I feel like that's someone who's maybe been accused of being clingy in the past, you know, mm. her to think. that. Well, she was- I would I would think that and just based on the emails I get on this show, being clingy is like a is like a fear for a lot of women. Oh, really? OK. Like be, being too much or being clingy or being, you know, overly, ex- you know, I, I think this is a very female thing but also like a very you know i i understand the the fear in any okay. gender but i i think like you know women kind of get the the baggage of of being accused of such a thing and i, I whether it's true or not because i can't i can't i don't know if i've ever accused anyone of accused anyone of being uh too clingy so i can't really relate that but what would freak me out going back is if i hung out with someone twice and i've done that where you just like I'm going to come. And then I've had amazing weekends. You know what I mean? I've had a mm. couple amazing weekends. I would be so tripped out if that person just out of the blue was like, oh, now I'm moving to your town. That would really yeah. I, I out. D- To me, it's funny that you said, like, none of this makes sense. It goes in every direction. Yeah. It's this way and that way. And to me, when that's the case, that means someone is personally confused and using you to get through their shit to try and figure out their direction. Like yeah. she is she is as much a stepping stool as a, she is a person in the in this scenario to him. Like I I think what he's doing is using her to figure out his own life. Like like to 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 go to a city with someone you met over FaceTime 4 hours away and then be like, "Can you show me apartments? Can you show me this?" and then go, "You're being too clingy?" No, yeah, no, that's, no. That's not the case. No, cuz I mean, clingy I guess maybe I don't, I don't really fully the clean thing, but I would be so tripped out. I would be thrilled if I met someone texting or whatever DM and they're going to come visit me. I, I, that's a romantic, amazing weekend. I'm sure it's so fun. And then if that worked out and then you go see them and that's great. And then the road trip. I mean, if you can drive 14 hours and only have one fight with someone, you know yeah. what I mean? That's pretty good. But the move, the thing, the only thing that would freak me out is, the move, if the person then moved to my city, I would, unless when I first met them, they were like, so weird you live in Cincinnati. I'm planning on moving there. But <laughs> out of the blue, that's well, crazy. I, I think part of that is that this guy has no idea what he wants, and she gave him a more comfortable landing spot. The most telling part of this email to me is that he says that she's suffocating him and dramatic and annoying. And then she didn't text him. Uh, and then only called once to avoid being clingy. And then anyways, it's been a week since I've texted him, but he sent me memes on IG and sends me TikToks. When someone essentially dumps you and then continues to send you memes and TikToks, that is someone who's afraid of being lonely. That doesn't know what they want. 
They know I like Phil. You've been in these situations before where it's a long distance thing, and maybe have, have you ever been with someone who's like moved to you or moved towards you, or you've moved towards them? I, I have been. I've been in a situation where someone has um, just no. I haven't, and and maybe it's like a commitment thing for me. I've I've been in many long distance relationships, and uh, I like. I really like my situation that I have in New York and just, you know, doing shows and all that stuff. So I would, I would in, and it's, I would fear that 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 would infringe on that. See, well, that's kind of the point I'm getting to. And I appreciate you saying that because to me, what happened in this situation is this guy wrote a check that he couldn't afford to cash. So this guy moved to the new city, had her come out with him to look at the places. It was all fun and games. And then he was like, oh, shit, I owe this person now. I am now with this person. I am now in a relationship with this person. So he blamed her for him leading the way. He he yeah. did a, an asshole thing. And then he was like, and now that he's, it's not like he broke up with her and then was like, see ya like that's a different type of asshole to me the the type of asshole here he broke up with her and then is like in his lonely moments he's like hey check out this meme and it's like get out of here dude like you like you're you're obviously lonely and you're obviously this whole thing got ahead of you like like the 14 hour car trip doesn't tell me that he likes you more it just tells me that he likes your enjoys your company and then he had to deal with the there's consequences to taking you on the 14-hour car ride that he never thought of. Yeah, I, I mean, all that stuff isn't reality. Coming to, to there for the yeah. week isn't reality. The part isn't reality. But um, I think yeah, the right- minute. Well, the, the, you're right because the minute it became reality, he goes, "Whoa, whoa, pretty clingy." It's like the minute it, it came to like, "Hey, so what are you doing Tuesday?" It was yeah. like, "Whoa, this ain't no car ride across the country." <laughs> yeah, or like I assume we're gonna hang out Tuesday. Then he yeah. Was- then he was out. But uh, I think also, and, and, and I've had friends like this that are like, get freaked out and run. I mean, he could have really, it could have been how well they got along that tripped him out because then then he's like, oh shit, now this is real, you know? Well, th- that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of people that write into this show and they're like, I don't want to scare them away. And it's like, nobody gets scared away by you. They get scared away by the responsibility of the relationship. Yeah, it's like like he's not being like, oh shit, how did I end up with this bitch? It's like, oh shit, how did I end up on an assumed Tuesday hangout? Yeah. And it's like you did this, you Facetime every day, you invite her on the car trip, you did the one week trip, she came with you house shopping, and then he's like, I don't think he thought that though he maybe one at a time he was like, oh this is a good thing, we're doing this, but he never combined them together. Is no. and I th- I think the minute he did is when he bolted. Yeah, I think you nailed it when you said this is a person that doesn't know what they want. Absolutely not. They every. It, the logical progression was the assumed Tuesday hang. That was, the only thing that made sense was after the trip, after he moved there, obviously they're going to hang out Tuesday. And the, the thing that made the most sense is where he was like, oh, this is crazy. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> it didn't make sense to move there after two days. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> yeah. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Brooke Linen. Hear ye, hear ye, listener of the J Train. You've probably heard me yammer on about Brooke Linen before. They're the home of the internet's favorite sheets, but their towels? Also amazing. They give your daily routines a little something extra. And with varying levels of plushness, the towel of your dreams is waiting to wrap you up in its big, soft, strong, plush, machine-washable arms. And with all this extra time at home, it might be nice to invest in a towel that will make you feel like you're staying at a fancy hotel. I've been looking for ways to turn my bathroom into a miniature spa, and Brooklinen's towels have been helping me find my zen. I have Brooklinen's towels. I will say they are amazing. They are comfy. They are great to wear around the house. You know, you get out of the shower and you're like, let's live in this shower moment. So you wrap it around your waist and you walk around or your chest, wherever you put your towel, and it feels good. It is comfy. It is a moment of simplicity that you're giving to yourself. Right now, a lot of us are spending more time around the house, and why not? Make the little things a little bit nicer on you. Make that towel that, you know, you right now you have a towel that you kind of avoid. That's the reality of towels. There's one that you love and there's one that you don't like. 
let me give you the gift of relieving yourself of this towel. You're welcome. Do it right now. You've been wanting to throw it out for a while. Now's the time. I'm giving you the opportunity to get rid of that old towel and bring in a beautiful, plush, gorgeous Brooklyn and towel. And sometimes I'll just stay in my towel until I'm ready to shower again. That's called efficiency. And Brooklinen's towels not only make it possible, they make it comfortable. Brooklinen is the perfect place to find all the comforts for home, including ultra soft towels. They're so confident in their product that everything comes with a lifetime warranty. Use promo code JTRAIN, that's JTRAIN, that's JTRAIN, for 10, 10, 10, 10% off your first order at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code J Train, Brooklyn, and everything you need to live your most comfortable life. The J Train podcast is brought to you by Figs. Figs. Ooh, I hear so much about Figs. Recent events have reminded us how important healthcare professionals are the nurses, doctors, respiratory therapists, techs, the maintenance person. All of them are new icons to cheer for, to look up to, to be inspired by. Figs has been cheering for healthcare professionals all along. Their mission is to make sure medical pros have the awesome scrubs they need to perform their best. Figs scrubs are designed for comfort, safety, functionality. Figs has a special pro- proprietary Fion X fabric that features Silvader, an antimicrobial four-way stretch technology. They use the same fabric to make face masks with a replaceable BFE-activated filter. It kills germs wherever you go. They're also ridiculously good-looking, from classic V-neck to straight-leg pants. They even have styles with yoga waistbands, plus lots of pockets. Some of their styles include over 10. They make lab coats, jackets, totes, even compression socks. In response to COVID-19, Figs has donated over 35,000 sets of scrubs to hospitals i'll say this i hear back uh from more people about this sponsor than any of the other sponsors and we have some great sponsors but i think figs is like the cadillac of scrubs and if you know someone that's in you know the the healthcare industry if you know someone that has to wear scrubs they want these i'm not i'm not just saying that because i get messages dms Uh, I get a huge response from people who do work in this industry and they're like, oh my God, thank God you came through with a a discount because I've been wanting to get figs. So, uh, I mean, this is an opportunity. If you have someone in your life that wears scrubs, this is a, a gift that they will love. If you're someone that uses scrubs on a daily basis, first of all, thank you for your service and thank you for doing the job that you do. But second of all, treat yourself. You got to be comfortable. You're going to work better. You're going to work harder if you feel good about how you're how you are in your clothes. So, and I know that's the same with me. When I'm wearing clothes that fit, that feel comfortable, that I can move with, I'm working better, I'm working harder, I'm working more efficiently. So, this is all positive stuff that I've heard back from people. I'm not just saying this. And I own a pair of figs. They're very comfortable. You can wear them in. You can wear them out. You can wear them to the store. You don't have to feel embarrassed. They look good. Figs wants you to wear the scrubs you deserve and enjoy 15, 1-5, 15% off your first order with code JTRAIN15 at checkout. That's JTRAIN15 at checkout. And if you're not working on the front lines, thank Thank someone who that is because Figs will give you 15% off too. Head to wearfigs.com. That's W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com. Enter code JTRAIN15, JTRAIN15, JTRAIN15 at checkout. Love your scrubs. JTRAIN podcast at gmail.com. JTRAIN podcast at gmail.com. Here with Phil Hanley at Phil M. Hanley on Instagram. Go follow, go follow, go follow. Philly Punchline this weekend. Get those tickies. Beautiful venue. Great spot. I made the joke every night where I said it looked like the last scene of She's All That. It's got the beautiful lighting. It's outside. The background's a tapestry. Phil likes the Grateful Dead. It's all going to make sense. You guys all need to get involved. Uh, Relationship happened fast, but can we move past that? Okay, this is living in the romantic world that you love. Okay, I love it, man. Jared, feather, feather, I'll get right to it. I met someone on a dating app in late April, and things took off pretty much immediately. We had about three weeks of almost daily FaceTime Zoom 
talking before meeting in person, and when we had our first real date, the in-person chemistry was there, and we both felt like it was something special. We're both in our mid-30s and had both been single for a few years. We talk openly and honestly about our intentions, and I've always been on the same page about what we want for the future, both as a couple and as individuals. After a few in-person dates, we decided that neither of us wanted to date other people, and both wanted to see where this could go. I've met his friends and family. He's met mine. Honestly, everything has been really easy and natural. This all sounds great. It all makes sense. The ages make sense. It's yeah. I'm all I'm all into this. Fast forward to now, September. We've decided to move in together. Good for you. That's it's, I mean that's a move it's, that I would do. It's quick. It, it, it's quick. It's a real handly. It's a real handly. It's a it's a handly maneuver. Everyone is supportive of our relationship and happy for us, but the moving in together thing has been hard for a few people two close friends to get past. Important to note is that so far, living together is going well. It's only been a few weeks, but we're both adjusting just fine. I've owned that moving in together this soon is crazy, but it's what we both want. However, I'm now to the point where I'm tired of having to acknowledge the speed of our relationship over and over again. Yes, it happened fast. Yes, living together this soon is a huge gamble. Is there something else that I need to acknowledge to get people to move on from this? It sucks to keep having to validate my relationship to people who aren't part of it. Hope to hear your thoughts and gain a new perspective here. Thank you. Uh, what do you think, Phil Hanley? You know, it's interesting. You're, you know, I said, I, I, I agree. This is quick, but in my mind, hearing the beginning of her story, I go, congratulations. Two yeah, people totally. in their mid, two people in their mid thirties who have been single, who uh, don't seem to have any other relationship going on, found each other, figured it out, are honest. Like, like her whole beginning paragraph makes me go congratulations fucking awesome but your response which is not a weird response and i agree with it was very fast this feel like this is a love story so i i so i i think it's interesting that we we gave basically both sides of the spectrum of reactions yeah yeah i mean i go very fast because i i have been in that situation I, i think i've moved in within uh four months but um, it, it was it was quick, but I don't think. What was the reasoning when you moved in after four months? What was the reasoning? Uh, I met. I'm trying to think. It happened out. It was a while ago. Uh, I, I I had met someone. Uh, we hit it off immediately. I think I moved in within a couple months. Actually, we hit it off immediately. Uh, I had moved into a new place. And, uh, the person that I'd moved in, like kind of screwed me. It was like, I moved in thinking it was long-term and they were like, you actually have to move out at the end of the month. They found someone who was going to pay more money. Mm-hmm. I think so they kind of screwed me and it started where I moved in with the girl and it just kind of worked and we just kind of, you know, stayed together. How, did, did it ever feel like a waste of time when it ended? Did it feel like the moving in made things harder, easier? No, I mean, I think it makes... I feel like I get close to people pretty quickly. So that makes, uh, I mean, you've seen me at the cellar after breakup. Mm. It's not pretty, but, uh, <laughs> tears I, everywhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Old me J train. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think if you, I think moving in, I think it makes the, uh, breakup so much worse. I mean, a regular breakup, you might feel a little sad when you walk past the restaurant you always go to, but mm. When you live the person, you're going to feel sad when you walk past your couch. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, so it's tough. But I think, I mean, if you're in your mid thirties and you know, the person you, you kind of know, like you're pretty educated in relationships. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny that her question, and this is a, uh, a woman that wrote in is her question is like, how do I, you know, yes, it happened fast. Yes. Living. How do, is there something else that I need to acknowledge to get people to move on from this? It's like, this is your story. I, I, I know yeah. that like, I, I, I understand why she's annoyed. Um, I understand how, when people ask questions, it's very human to go, well, they're asking because they're judging. They're asking because they think it's stupid. They're asking, but you kind of have to like allow people to, 
to be like, wow, to give them, you know, like it's if I had a third arm and people were like, whoa, I would go, I would get used to people going, how did it happen? You know, like, you you know, I and so again, less people if if she wants to look on the bright side, less people are going to ask her because of covid. They're going to go, oh, like if I was telling the story, the way she told us might not be the way she's telling other people. I'd be like, hey, we met during quarantine. Things really picked up quick because we were talking so much more. We went on a few dates. It it just feels so natural. I've been, I think also mentioning you're both in your mid-30s. Like that is a big part of this. This isn't two 18-year-olds who found each other in a chat room yeah, that are moving over. in together. This is yeah. two people who have loved and lost. And part of that part of that process is creating your own taste so when i hear two people in their mid-30s i would assume that those two people have a specific taste not just taste yeah like like that is a uh, like when you're the the biggest problem of me being single till being like 33 is me basically becoming accustomed to living like a animal and then trying to find someone who can help me go through the growing pains of coming back yeah. to human form, right? You need like a lion tamer. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> because that's a, that's the thing. Like, you, you, I had all these friends that were in relationships and they would always judge me because they got married at 25. They'd be like, Jared. Like, my buddies all of a sudden were refined and knew how to fold clothing. And it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you have a fucking assistant. You have someone helping you. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, they went to finishing school. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, that, that's what it's like. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think they know, I mean, for myself, if I've moved in with someone quickly or, I mean, I'm sure you've seen me, I'll meet someone and profess my love, you know, mm. at the table, at the cellar within two or three weeks, whatever. I think it's, I think it's the person, this woman, I mean, maybe it's easier for me to say, but I just think you embrace it and be like, yeah, this is amazing. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, everybody else. I, I she says having to validate my uh, relationship to people who aren't a part of it. Here's the other thing: coming from two people who have a very different career than most people, not everyone's going to understand. No, not a, no, and, and honestly, you're better off for knowing right away. You're better off to have the per. You know, if there's a friend that can't be happy for you after hearing your story and hearing that kind of how it worked out, then they're not really a good friend. They're not really ever going to understand. Like you tell people you're a comedian. Sometimes they get offended. Yeah. They're, they can't figure it out. Like, or like, you know, my friends that I grew up with are married kids, big houses in the suburbs, whatever. If they, I, if they saw my little apartment in the East village and the fact that I just, you know, ate lunch and watched Shark Tank again in my underwear. Like, they'd be like, what the hell are you doing? But I'm like, yeah. I couldn't be happier. I'm talking to you now. Yeah. I'm going to go and do two shows and I'm going to come home and, you know what I mean, watch the playoffs or whatever. It's I love it. But yeah, but, everyone has a different thing. And you, but I'm sure you have this like me. Like, I have some people that are, they're like, they're interested. They're thoughtful. Their questions Absolutely. are good. And then you have other people that are just never going to fucking get it like they're just never i remember when i left my job to do stand-up i there was a guy i saw who was like i i know him from years but he i knew him through other people and i saw him and he was like what are you doing and he was older and he was with kids and he was married and he goes so what are you doing now and i was like i'm actually i just left my career to like pursue comedy and he was like his face scrunched up so much to that like it, it like gave him a headache to hear that. And he was like, why, <laughs> why would you do such a, like, what do you mean? And yeah. then he, and I, and I remember his wife, um, he goes, he goes to his wife. He goes, you know, someone who does the, does the comedy thing. And this was at the time, it was like 10 years ago. I remember him going, you know, someone who knows the comedy thing. What's that? What's that guy's name? He was your neighbor growing up. And she goes, uh, Nick crawl. And I go, Oh, and he was like, yeah, he does. He kind of does it too. And I was like, oh, Nick. And Nick Kroll's like a famous, you know, yeah. like like successful guy. And I remember his face 
to Nick Kroll was the same one as it was to me. Like he was never going to get it. Like I have empathy for that. Like I understand this isn't in his wheelhouse. And that's the same thing for this person emailing in. There are some people that will hear your story and because it's not like theirs, they're never going to be on board. They're never going to be for it. They're never going to be, you know, they're never going to participate in it. They'll even think less of you. And that sucks, but that's the reality. Yeah. And I mean, I weeded a lot of those people out and I, you weed them out, but you do. You 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 yeah. kind of just avoid the conversation. Yeah, yeah, and and like I personally, if I hear someone do that, I mean, something like that. What this this the person that wrote in? I mean, I, I like a bold move. I think it's badass and it's romantic. I'm happy. No, I'm happy for them. I think this is and and also like listen when the when the hole opens up, you run through it. That's and and it sounds like and I hope that he would. It sounds like he would write the same email to us that she's writing. So there's nothing weird about this situation to me. Knowing this email, no, and and I don't think you prosper in any aspect of life by playing it safe. You know, no. Absolutely not. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Here with Phil Hanley at Phil M Hanley. Go, 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 go follow right now. Go follow right now. Get involved. He's got the Philly punchline this weekend. Go, go, go. Let's do this one. Okay. Fancy tennis club drama. You ready? Let's do it. Jared, love the podcast. Love seeing you in La Jolla. Can't wait for you to come back. A huge thank you for the much we needed quarantine beach by noon shows, the extra content you put out all these months. So to the situation. My friend and I got memberships at one of the local tennis clubs two months ago. I love this. This is a classic J train email writing in about your tennis club. I, I think this is like, <laughs> this is why this show exists. I'm happy. This makes me so happy. Yeah. Love the club and have really fallen in love with playing tennis. There are two men there who are into me. I've only been on one date with each and they're both intellectual, grounded, genuinely great men I have chemistry with. After insta-stalking them, I realized they have the same close friend in common who they each regularly play with. Whew, this is a, a this is a this is a couples match. Yeah. Um it doesn't <laughs> play doubles. Uh mixed doubles. It doesn't seem these two men know each other personally though. Side note, there's over 1,200 members at this club and 25 courts, so it's not small, yet, of course, they have the same friend in common that they're both close with. Ugh. Personally, I don't rush into relationships. I don't like rushing these dating the dating phase either. I like taking my time and getting to know someone for one to three months to figure out how compatible we are intellectually, emotionally, etc., and to see if they match my standards. Also, I feel like, I feel when you first start seeing someone, there's this blissful illusion that they're the only person you're dating. You don't know for sure, but before the quote unquote talk, it's an illusion we all buy into. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it needs you need a little illusion of like. I'm on this date with you and I'm not checking my phone to see what's yeah, going exactly. on. On I get that. Yeah. Um, problem is with these two men having the same friend in common, I don't think I can take time dating each. I'm nervous they will find out very quickly about each other because of that uh, friend. Honestly, I'm nervous they already have. How do I handle this gracefully? Age matters. I'm 32. One of the men is 30. The other is 35. None of us previously married or have kids. Since we're at the quote-unquote settling down age, it sort of makes this different maybe i want to be respectful of their feelings and i don't uh i and i don't either to feel cheated or duped i wouldn't want either to feel cheated or duped again i've only been on one date with each so this is very early on but i want to avoid a train wreck from happening should i let each know that there's someone else i'm also getting to know slash date do men even care about these things or should i just tell both that i'd rather be friends at the moment to avoid possible clusterfuck i love playing tennis with both and if i have to choose i'd rather have two tennis friends to play with than to start some love triangle drama. What do I do? Please, Jared, let me know how men think and feel in this type of situation. Thanks so much for everything that you do. So, Phil, what do you think? So it sounds like that their one date was a tennis date. Yeah. This is... Because because it sounds like uh, these two are, there are two men who are then to me. I've only been on one date with each, and they're both in a... But it, at the end... The, the only reason I say this, I at the end, I'd rather have two tennis friends to play with. I, I mean, she's either ahead of herself on that they want to play with her, but or it's just two people, you know, that she's done on tennis dates. So, what do you think, Phil Hanley? 
this, I mean, I'd like to first off just acknowledge this is a, it's a conundrum. Yes. um, Barring that last line, because that makes me think that maybe she's not blown away by either of them, but she seemed quite fond of them earlier on. Yeah, the the tennis friend thing, I hate. I'm with you. I didn't like that line. No. I I don't like when people are like, well, you're either dating or you're not. The, and 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 the friendship can come when the dating shit has been shaken out. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. You can't go in going if you're going in saying, "Well, we could be tennis friends, we could be fucking." It's like, no, 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 no. No guy wants that. No. It's either it's either you're here because you're into me or you're not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um so I'm going to just on my basis, I'm going to disregard that line for now. But uh yeah, it's a conundrum, but I feel like if she proceeds at this point, she certainly doesn't owe it to either of them. You know what I mean? No. It's a first date. I in I would think if she went out on a couple more dates with both of them, it's going to become pretty obvious that she one is a better match than the other. Like it would be I, remarkable to be like, "This is insane." Sure, but they, I, I care for them at the same amount. Like I think it's going to become pretty obvious. I think also what makes it more obvious is that, listen, people are into people making effort. If these guys, it is very unlikely, as you just said, that you'll be into them the same amount. It's also very unlikely that they're both going to make the same amount of effort for you and for the relationship. So let's play this out like we would play out a a tennis game. Let's play this. But I'm saying... She needs to do a couple more dates with both. She needs to play a little dumb. She can't reveal that she in her Instagram stock. Let them know that that's going on. The problem with letting them know, and, and uh, let them figure it out on their own, I'm saying. Yeah. The, don't let them. I don't think she needs to be so forthright, especially because no. it's one date each. Absolutely. She should go out with each of them, give them both a chance to do a second date and maybe even a third date. Third date, you should have an idea who you really are you know, feeling a little bit more than the other. And you say to the other person, you go, Hey, this was a lot of fun, but this isn't the match for me. And yeah. you leave it. I think being a little aloof and not forthright is a better decision because men are competitive with each other, especially when you bring in that there's actually something to compete in. Absolutely. And also, yeah, I, I, I just don't think, I mean, if you can, and this is, I, if you, it's so hard to not go down that hole of like looking at the people's Instagram, but totally. if you can, I mean, it's too late now, but well, maybe. it's, it's hard not to look, but it's, it's easy not to say anything. Like, I know but I could see her feeling a little weird that she, know, you know, but also this mutual friend, I don't know. I, yeah, I would just play dumb and go on a couple more dates. And I think that it'll become obvious. And for some bizarre reason, because you're right, either you'll she'll be more drawn to someone or someone will be more drawn to her, you know? And, and both I of those think, go together to make a uh, a more of a match. Yeah, and, and it'll make more of an and it'll be an obvious choice. I understand her hes- being hesitant right now, but I would go out a couple more times or a few more times and, and it'll work out. And it could work out where she starts dating the one person and then the other person is like, a you know, just a tennis buddy. Yeah, that could work out that way. I, I, I think the problem with, and also I just want to like, like you can't if you tell these guys, hey, there's another guy at the club that I'm seeing. It's immediately who? Yes. Then it's then in their mind, it's immediately, am I a better tennis player than them? Because that's just the thing that they have in common. Yeah. And then it's the. You know, and, and then it's like we will play for your love, and it's like it becomes, and it's like. I know that that will feel good. And, and like, I don't think she wants to know what that drug tastes like. No. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, because the drug is going to taste good. Two men, you know, playing singles, Rafael Nadal <laughs> versus Roger Federer going yeah. at it for your heart. Yeah. Like, I know that that drug is very tempting. That is the apple on the tree. And oh, I'm telling yeah. her right now. Don't go down that road because they'll both look worse for it. You'll be become an object instead of an actual person. And the whole thing can blow up. Yeah, I'm 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 like if there's one road there's one there's a sign and there's a split in the road. 
The left way takes you towards playing dumb and don't play them against each other. The right way is like towards two penises facing off, like towards cock village where yeah. their ego and their balls come into play and they act like monsters. There's two mares of cock village. Yeah. It's a problem. <laughs> so, Jay, do you have any else? I'm sorry. I, I would just say like, I would maybe proceed with both knowing that there might be like, if there was a situation and this is totally the person's call, but if I was in that situation, I would probably proceed a little slower than I would if there was just one dude or if there was no association between the two. Like, mm. I would try to keep things a little more cash uh, until she makes her decision, just so in case you do bump at the per- bump into the person uh, at the club or whatever. You know what I mean? I totally agree. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Rothy's. Take your first steps into fall with comfortable, washable, sustainable products from Rothy's. Rothy's shoes are incredibly comfortable with zero break-in period thanks to their seamlessly knit-to-shape design. It's no surprise that Rothy's best-selling shoe, the Point in Black, has over 3,000 near-perfect reviews. The newest Rothy style include brand-new bags, masks, and their first adjustable sneaker. The lace-up sneaker is out-of-this-world comfortable, and as with all their shoes, it's knit from thread made from repurposed plastic water bottles. I'm looking at the lace-up sneaker right now. It's a clean, good-looking shoe. It looks like it should be worn with jeans. It looks very fall. It's also all the great things about Rothy's are included in this shoe. It's washable and sustainable. It's, it has zero break-in period. All these great things, and you're being good to the planet while you do it. It's made from repurposed plastic water bottles so that you can feel good about what you're wearing. And I got Rothy's for my mom legitimately uh, like a year ago, two years ago. She still wears them. She still loves them. They still look good. They're still clean. Um, she talks about them all the time. She won't stop. She she always talks. She's always saying, oh, the Rothy's, I wear them everywhere. That's, you know, she would she should be the spokeswoman. I wear them everywhere. That should be their their tagline because my mom legitimately says it every five minutes to me. Rothy's come in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, patterns. Rothy's are available in a range of styles. Rothy's shoes are seamlessly knit with thread made from plastic water bottles, so they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. That's right. There's zero break-in period. Vogue calls Rothy's a personal obsession. Health says they're the most comfortable shoes on earth. Plus, Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns, people. Rothy's has kept over 50 million single-use plastic bottles out of landfills and transformed them into their signature thread, which is then knit into beautiful, sustainable products. Another major bonus, Rothy's are fully machine washable. Every time they need a refresh, you can simply toss them in the washing machine. This is all great. They're shoes you can feel good about wearing. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags right now at rothys.com slash jtrain. Go to rothys.com slash jtrain. rothys.com slash jtrain. R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash jtrain. Style and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash jtrain today and slip into something you'll feel good about. Jtrain podcast at gmail.com. Jtrain podcast at gmail.com here with phil hanley at phil m hanley gonna be at the punchline this weekend get those tickets go punchline's a great night out socially distanced it's outdoors i loved being there when to tell dates i'm moving okay dear lord of boards feather feather i'm in my last year of grad school and will be permanently moving halfway across the country in eight months I've recently started dating again, and I'm wondering the most appropriate time to tell dates that I will be moving. During the talking phase, after a few dates, when official, I don't want to lead anyone on, but also don't want to rule out the possibility of a short-term relationship. Thanks for screaming the advice I need to hear in my ears four times a week. It has been a lifesaver in quarantine. So what do you think? I mean, I wouldn't keep that under your hat very long. I mean, I would... Just be, yeah. I would talk about it. I mean, it's grad school. I would assume on the date you talk about future plans and stuff. If you know you're moving, I would feel like you owe it to the person to be like, I'm, you know, I'm moved. I mean, most people, eight months is a long time to get to know each other. My views would be like, oh shit, okay, well, let's make the most out of the eight months if I fell for the person and then let's figure it out at that point. You know what I mean? See, I would not keep that secretive. I'm with you. I think her email says a lot more than it actually says. Sometimes I have to dig into these things 
I got to go in like a surgeon and make sure that the body's clean of other diseases because yeah. there's something in this email that like triggers me. I don't want to lead anyone on, but also don't want to rule out the possibility of a short-term relationship. I don't know what that is. No. What the fuck I, is a short-term relationship? I think she wants to be, I think, I think she's probably pumped about moving, finishing school and the idea of like hanging out with someone and, you know, having a blast with someone for four months is appealing. Yeah, but and and I would say when she says short-term relationship, she's basically saying, I want to be as I want to have someone at my convenience and on my level and at my feelings, and I don't want my feelings getting ahead. And you're making your feelings other people's responsibility at that point. Because to me, if I was this person and I'm moving in eight months and I'm on the dating apps, I would be like, I'm here to be casual. I'm moving soon. Yeah. If something ha if it goes more than casual, it goes more than casual. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But she's trying to box off things right now. When you say when you when you put the label short term relationship, that is a lie you've told to yourself. Yeah. Because it, it, and I don't mean to be so harsh on her, but my my because I understand what she's doing. She's trying to protect herself from having her feelings hurt or having. Um, a difficult move and it's like let me just tell you change is difficult no matter what and if the change wasn't difficult you didn't change enough so yeah. so for her when she says well I don't want to lead anyone on no 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 it's what you're doing is you're saying I don't want to like someone and have them kind of use my move against me for when I leave and say that it's over because I'm moving. I want to be the one that has the choice in all the matters. And if you're doing that, then you're not really giving in to letting yourself uh, be vulnerable. Yeah. And I mean, there's two ways to do it. You could either lead someone on or you could mislead someone, you know? Sure. And, 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 and but that's at that point you're being self-preservation. You're self-preservation. Preservation. Preservation. You're in that territory because when you say like like if, if she went on the apps and she meets a guy and she says, I'm actually moving in a few months and he goes, great, let's go out tonight. We'll get drinks. Then they have fun. They hook up. And now she's in a position where it's like, yeah, he's going to be he's like, oh, you're moving. So we'll just be casual until you go. And then she's like, well, I don't like the feeling of that. I want to say that maybe we could be more. And he goes. Uh, I don't want to be in a long distance relationship. Now her feelings are hurt, which I would totally understand, but yeah. she's, that's the reason she was like, well, I shouldn't have told him that he would have taken me more serious as a relationship. It's like, that's just not how all this works. Yeah. You can't not tell someone about him. Cause also it, it just, yeah, you can't, you got to tell them if you're going to. Yeah. And so I, I think she needs to have a moment in the mirror to say, Hey, I'm moving. I still want to meet people. I still want to have fun. Whatever happens, happens. And maybe with that is heartbreak. And I know that's hard to do. But like, don't tell yourself, I'll find a short-term relationship. This isn't This isn't like, uh, you know, a living situation that you're subletting. This, yeah, th no. That's not how relationships work. You can't no, blame that. There's emotions involved. And maybe, who, who, I mean, yeah, maybe, or yeah, maybe you'll be heartbreak or you could meet someone that you're really into and it's going to be a bit of a pain in the ass because you're going to live in different parts of the country. But I don't think, I think if, or again, I don't love the, I, I don't suggest playing it safe, but, or don't, you know, date anyone or just go. Yeah. You, I, you can't control a short term relationship. It's just not the way it works. And no. I, and when you're doing that and I, we've all done that. I've done that with girls I've dated. I was like, hey, when we're apart, we're single. And when we're together, we're together. I've done that where I've tried it. And it's like, no, Jared, you're either breaking up with someone or you're not. Yeah. And it's like, and, and you're only doing that so that you don't feel lonely, Jared. I've had to have that conversation with myself. I think she's got to have it with her. Yeah. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Here with Phil Hanley at Phil Hem Hanley, Philly Punchline. Let's do one more. Is that okay? Yeah, that's great. Let's do it. I like this one because you have a joke that's similar to the situation. Oh, really? Okay. Egyptian Dilemma. Feather, feather. Love the pod. My best friend introduced me to the podcast and you've become a huge hit in Cairo. Nice, baby. Let's get to it. 
I'm currently in a flirtatious workplace situation. This guy at work who has lately been outwardly flirting, saying things like you're making it hard to concentrate on my work and refer to me as hottie in Arabic. It's less gross. I don't know if it's less gross. I mean, it's kind of gross to be like, you're making it hard to concentrate at work. Like that's a little bit, that's a harassment right there, right? Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to say that, man. No, this is a bit out of character because he's a pretty quiet guy and doesn't really flirt with the girls at the office. Well, he knows, I guess he feels that it's going to be received well, but this doesn't sound like, um, it doesn't sound appropriate to me. I don't know much about him, but I'm pretty into it. I've worked at this company for a year with him, and he's only just started paying me this attention. We would talk about movies and shared interests for a while, but then the flirting started. Now I'm looking at him differently, and I'm quite attracted to him. Things at work have been getting more hectic for this department, and I feel like it's kind of like I'm waiting for him to ask me out. I want him to take me out, uh, but in our culture, it's not encouraged for me to ask him out. I've been trying to be open, but how do I take this to the next level and outside of the workplace. For reference, I'm 25 and he's 34. Sincerely, loveless Egyptian. So I made an assumption. I knew that you dated someone of a different background and it was kind of frowned upon. This yeah. doesn't seem like this. This uh, That was the joke I was referencing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 this doesn't sound like that at all. This sounds like she can't ask him out because in Egypt, how would you do this? Well... This, this is tough because it's like it's workplace. You know, you, you kind of have to wait. You kind of can't be in a rush, right? Well, I mean, if he likes I, – I, I mean, it's so hard because I don't know, uh, it, you know, Egyptian culture or if she says that it's, it's kind of a faux pas. I mean, isn't there a way that she could ask him out in a casual – why isn't he – I mean, to me, it's so much – uh, more it's so instead of saying if you have like mutual interest you're like oh we both like that movie let's go to that movie or let's you know I'd love to you know sure. talk about this more and grab a uh, a coffee or whatever to me that's way more gentle than being like I'm I'm over here it's hard for me to work so I'm dying yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> it is I don't like I don't what he's doing sounds very manipulative yeah. Because I I would say this, the longer he doesn't ask you out while he keeps flirting with you at work, and I, I would agree, based on this email, he's flirting with you at work, okay? Right? It sounds like that to you, doesn't oh, it? Dude, I mean, it's beyond flirt. Like, it's hard yeah, to hottie. I mean, it's, it's, it's harassment. Yeah. Does that yeah. hard to concentrate? Does that not imply, like... <laughs> he calls her a hottie. Like, that's, that's inappropriate, okay? But, to me, hard to concentrate means I should be thinking about work, but I'm thinking about... Uh, you know, sexualizing you, it's sexualizing you. Yeah. 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 I, so you're hearing from, I, I, and listen, she's writing from Cairo. I don't know what the workplace dynamic is there. I, I, listen, I, I, I'm living under the, 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 the umbrella of, I don't know. So I don't, so to anyone listening, I'm trying not to sound bad. Um, me, me too. I'd also like to point out that I've never had a job, so I don't know what it's like. In a workplace. <laughs> well, <laughs> you knew enough. You knew enough to hear these things. I, yeah, I know, know this is wrong. Say, I, I know you shouldn't imply that. Yeah. Here's the here's the more problematic part is that he might. Here's I'll I'll take this out a, a few more levels deeper. He if he knows it's okay to call her hottie by her because she says I don't know much about him but I'm pretty into it so let's go by her email she says I'm into it okay so he knows that this is being received in a positive way even though he's being what other would consider a monster so because he knows that it's being taken in positively he should also know to take you on a date because he's not since he's not doing that now it's become manipulative because he's in a culture that protects him where the women don't say hi first and don't uh you know ask you on a date because if this if this was a woman in in the u.s i would be like hey this is this guy isn't treating you right at work but if it's if if it's what you want you should send him uh give him your number and say hey i'd like to get you know just like you said let's get coffee outside let's move it away from the workplace and kind of have a talk that isn't under the the ceiling of this workplace. But because that's not really culturally quote unquote allowed, 
He's waiting for you to make a move so that you can be blamed in the situation is my only thought. Because now it's like you come on to him. He then goes, whoa, whoa. Now it's all his position of power because you read between the lines that he had written himself. So to me, that's only trouble. Only trouble lurks beneath these. Because if he was, if you were such a hard time to concentrate, then he would have asked you out and made sure he had you and didn't have to fend you off from anyone else. And he wouldn't have said it's hard for me to concentrate. He would have kept those uh, feelings to himself and asked you on a proper date. Yes. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think like, listen, I, I understand it's nice to get attention. I love getting attention. Phil, I'm sure you do too. Yes, please. I would, I would say that this guy, this email, the way it's written, and it's written from the person who likes the attention, I would say to her, beware. Beware of this guy. And I would actually, you know, do it. I if you're enjoying it fine I don't I don't know really what the the move you should make but I I do know that you should be very cautious and I wouldn't make the first move because that is him not really taking any ownership of this and that's probably what he wants to do for, by the sound of this email. Yeah and and who I mean maybe maybe this is like a one off thing but I mean he basically is kind of harassing you at work like what I know yeah, about yeah, this yeah. guy there's I haven't heard anything becoming besides calling you a hottie and then <clears throat> guessing that he's like, yeah, that he's sexualizing you. So he hasn't shown a lot of great qualities. I would just keep no. that. And, and it's like, listen, he knows you're into it at this point if he keeps doing it. And right now he's just waiting back and he's in the receiver spot. And he's saying, if she comes to me, yeah, then it's her choice. She came to me. It, it just, you're losing a lot of power in that, you know, him having to ask you on a date is a risk. Him asking you out and, and taking it away from the office and discussing, hey, it is a risk because then it becomes public knowledge. Then it goes from, oh, those two talk at work to, you know, they're dating now. And now he has is at risk. If yeah. you come on to him... I, there's way less risk for him, and that's dangerous. I would I would stay away from that. Yeah, and I mean, but hopefully, I mean, maybe he is a cool dude, and and it's just I don't know. I can't imagine being. I know what it's like to be. You know, you're shy to like reach out to someone that you like, especially mm-hmm. at work, where you're like. But I can't imagine being like too shy to uh, ask someone simply for a coffee, yet bold enough to be like, I'm going to go <laughs> fantasize about you at my desk. You know, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, well, the, you have two straight men telling you this is off. Yeah. And I think you should take that seriously. And we're talking from the the reason she emailed in is to get an answer. So we're giving an answer. And we don't I don't think we I, we mean to sound so dire to like talk shit. No. But we're both seeing, you know, the writing on the wall. So that's, you know. Good luck, Podcast at gmail.com, Podcast at gmail.com. Phil Hanley, thank you for coming on. This is fantastic. Dude, uh, thank you so much, man. That was a blast, and I, I miss you. Hopefully, I'll see you in the city soon. I'll probably see you next week, so uh, enjoy the uh, before you go to these shows because we're taping ahead of time. So yeah. I want everyone to go follow Phil on Instagram, at Phil M-M-M-M, as in Mary, at Phil M. Hanley on Instagram. It'll be all over my Instagram. He's going to be at the Philly Punchline this weekend, tonight, tomorrow, Saturday. Go. Go have fun. Get out there. Enjoy the night. I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Monday and Thursdays with your emails, your stories, your questions. I'll be back next episode. Boom.